It has been a long time since I've done a freaking episode. Um, I, okay, there's so much to catch you guys up on. Um, where do I begin? Honestly, okay, I didn't, I wasn't sure I was going to be jumping back into the podcast uh, right now because I've been really struggling with the thought of I am, I'm still in a rough patch of many a kind. And if I'm still in a rough patch, then who am I to continue to make podcast episodes about recovery and you know, mental health journey and sobriety or any of that good stuff. It's like, who am I to talk about that if I'm still really, really going through it? And then I was like, you know what? That is not your thought. That is your inner critic's thought. And we know that your inner critic is just a bitch, (laughs) to be blunt. And we don't listen to people who are mean to us. And people who are mean to us are our inner critics. So... I'm going to actively choose to not listen to that inner critic and do the podcast episode anyway, because I also have the thought of, you know, whenever I'm going through a lot of my rough patches is actually when I say some of the things that I need to hear most, or um, just when I hear myself ramble on about things that I'm going through, things that I'm thinking about, I'm reminded of lessons that I've learned in therapy or in treatment. Um, and like things that are actually very helpful and things that I can apply to what I'm going through right now in life. So we are going to talk about um, this analogy of a science experiment. So um, uh, lately, honestly, as I know a lot of you do know, the biggest rough patch I'm going through at the moment is grief. And I've never experienced grief to this size in my entire life um and it has I mean obviously deeply affected me and um the coping with it has been the most difficult and challenging for my sobriety my eating disorder recovery and just my depression and my anxiety everything really coping with drastic life changes at such an early phase of recovery is it's not impossible but it sure seems that way and it feels that way um and you're definitely convinced that it is that way and um so some of you do know that i readmitted myself back into residential facility in the month of march to try to process some of this grief and um after having uh, a relapse in my substance use because of it, um, I was looking at myself and I was like, this isn't fun. (laughs) This isn't like this version of substance use is not fun. And I'll just be honest. Like that was a very shocking realization, I guess. Um, Because I've always used substances either to, you know, in my mind, make good moments better or to make bad moments disappear to numb out and um it was it was just it was a shocking realization to 
discover that my substance use wasn't making any of my pain disappear this time. And this magnitude of grief was not at all like shrinking after, as a result of my substance use, it wasn't shrinking at all. In fact, it was making it worse. And, um, as many of you know, I had just directed a production of a chorus line and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Like it was billboard size reason of why sobriety and recovery is the life I want to have. The experience that I had with that cast and that production, the relationships I built with that cast and everyone who worked on that production completely changed the trajectory of where my recovery and my sobriety was going. And I had so many moments where I would just start crying at rehearsal because I was so grateful to be alive. I was so grateful to be sober. I was so grateful that I just was present and I got to experience these moments with that cast. And going from such a high, high, like a natural high, <laughs> a natural high, of just life being being what it allowing life to be what it is in the present moment that was such a high for me and to do it sober and to do it um nourished and to do it emotionally engaged was such a natural high for me and then for this grief to happen and to be such a sudden drop down was earth shattering in every single capacity. And um, thus, you know, the relapse happened. And when going back to that treatment center, um, I had already gone there before last year to work through my traumas, um, especially my sexual traumas and to start diving into my addictions. And having to go back was, no, not having to go back, choosing to go back was very difficult. And that's where this whole science experiment comes in because I had several phone calls with um, people in my support system and um, a couple people on staff at that facility about whether I should go back or not and whether I thought I was capable of processing this grief without a higher level of care like that. And having to reach a point where I was admitting to myself, no, I can't, I can't, tr I can't begin to process this without a higher level of care it was a really difficult decision, especially because of where this science experiment comes into play. So I know what would happen if I didn't go back to that facility. I know what I would, what choices I would make. I know exactly how I would be feeling. I know exactly where my depression would have taken me. I know that my substance, my substance use would have gotten worse. It would have spiraled very quickly, um, even more so than it already was. And I would have lost a lot of things in my life that aren't worth losing because of my relapses or my actions or my urges to engage in those actions I would have lost a lot of things that just aren't worth losing to 
my maladaptive behaviors. And the science experiment of, okay, well, if I blank, then what? Okay, if I stay, then I will spiral more and get worse and lose things in my life that aren't worth losing. If I go back to treatment, then, oh, I don't know what will happen. And that's where the fear of, oh, no, I don't have control over my life. Oh, no, I am going to have to give up all these things all over again. I have to give up all these behaviors that I have grasped onto again. And I don't think I'm capable of doing that for a second time. And all the fear and anxiety around not knowing what will happen in a life revolved around recovery and sobriety and healing. I can't predict that day to day. I always know what's going to happen when I am engaging in my eating disorder, when I'm binging or purging or restricting. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to continue to hate myself and hate myself even more. And I'm going to think that engaging in these behaviors is going to make me feel safer in my body when ultimately I'm going to feel so unsafe that I'm going to grow to hate my body and then want to harm it with other forms of self-harm. Well, I know what happens when I engage in self-harm. Well, I hate myself for doing it, so I'm going to engage in it more. Okay, I know what happens when I drink. I'm going to want to drink more. I know what happens when I get high. I'm going to want to get high more often and more high the next time because my tolerance is going to build up. I know what happens when I am choosing to live in behaviors, in my addiction, in my fear, in my trauma responses, in my triggers, I know exactly what that life looks like. I can pre predict it to a T. And I know the end result of it all is going to be I'm going to become suicidal. That all just got really depressing. But it's, it's just the honest truth. I know exactly how all of that will end up. I cannot predict every single day in recovery. I just can't. Because I can't, because I haven't lived in it long enough to feel stable in it and to think when I'm choosing to do the opposite, when I'm choosing to engage in my recovery, when I'm choosing to engage in my sobriety, when I flip into the mindset of it's not that I can't get drunk, it's not that I can't get high, it's not that I can't isolate, it's not that I can't self-harm. It's not that I can't restrict, binge, or purge. I can. I can do all of that. I can because I have. I can because I have full autonomy over myself. And I can do whatever I want technically in this life. We have free will. We can technically do whatever we want to do with ourselves, to ourselves. We can do that. It's not that I can't. It's that I would rather not. I would rather not get drunk because when I get drunk, I'm not fully engaged in life. I would rather not get high because when I get high, I'm putting things at risk that aren't worth losing, like my jobs or my relationships and my, my reputation as a teacher, as a director, as a coworker, as, as an artist, as a human being, and as a mental health advocate, as an aunt, as a daughter, as a friend, as a girlfriend, whenever in a romantic relationship, I 
am risking my reputation and others' trust in me when I choose to continue to get high or continue to harm myself or continue to engage in my eating disorder. I'm choosing to put my relationships with people who are most important to me at risk. And when I think about it that way, I actually am like, you know what? I would rather not. And it's not that the urges to get high or drunk or engage in my eating disorder or whatever are going to go away just like that. But no, the thought of not engaging in those things is actually seeming a little bit more interesting because there are relationships with people in my life like Y'all know I'm always hyping up about my students on my social media pages because they are my favorite people on this planet. Forever and always, they will be my number one, my favorite people, my biggest gift, my biggest blessing, my BFFs. That relationship in particular is something I never, ever, ever want to jeopardize and something that I have come really, really, really close to jeopardizing. And never, ever, ever do I ever want to ride that fine line ever again. And that is a science experiment that I know, I know what's going to happen if I choose the unhealthy, maladaptive behaviors. I also kind of can guess what would happen in that science experiment if I choose to stay sober and choose to stay in my recovery and choose to continue to take care of myself and and pursue healing and living a healthy authentic life is I'm going to get to keep those people and those I'm going to get to keep those kids in my life I'm going to get to keep my relationship with them and I get to continue to feed into younger generations of artists but also just the younger generation of human beings (laughs) that I get to continue to feed into them how important and valid and loved they are and how important their thoughts and emotions and opinions are and how they deserve to be heard and how I want to hear those thoughts and opinions and that they get to create safe spaces for themselves to express those thoughts and opinions and safe spaces for others to express their thoughts and opinions. And I feel like I'm going on a rant about my students. And the more I do it, the more I'm just reminded of all of the reasons why I should continue to do the science experiment of what's going to happen if I choose recovery every single day. And a therapist at the facility that I was most recently at, again, he says, he always says this phrase. And the first time I heard it, it blew my freaking mind because I was, it's so simple from an outsider's perspective. But when you're so deep in your addiction or in your trauma and just or just in your mental illness in general, when you're so deep in it, the simplicity of this quote actually seems so much more complex because it blows everything open for like the first time it feels like. And he says, you can always go back to your old life like you. You always can. You always can. You can always go back and start drinking. Again, you can always go back to drugs. You can always go back to self-harm. You can always go back to your eating disorder. You can always go back to whatever maladaptive behavior it is that has taken over your life. You can always do that. So why wouldn't you try doing the opposite? 
Like, why not? If you know that you have the free will to always go back to the crap you were doing before, why wouldn't you just try something new? If you don't like it, all right, go back to drugs. No one's going to stop you. No one can stop you. Only you are in control of yourself. So why not just try? It is that science experiment. Okay, I know I can always go back to these things. Why don't I just try something else? If I don't like it, fine, I'll go back and I'll jeopardize the most important relationships in my life. I'll jeopardize my health. I'll jeopardize my actual life, like me being alive. I will jeopardize that. Cool, whatever, fine, I'll just go back to all of that. Um, spoiler alert, you'll discover that when you try the other thing, you'll realize you would actually rather do the other thing more often. And it becomes, it transitions from this, this uh, mindset of, oh God, like I, ugh, I can't drink. I can't get high. I can't harm myself. I can't isolate. It transitions from this, I can't, can't, can't. It's a punishment, punishment, punishment to, oh, I would rather not. I'd rather not drink. I'd rather not get high. I'd rather not isolate. I'd rather not hurt myself. I would rather not do those things. I'm choosing to not do those things. I can do those things, but I'd rather not. I'm going to choose not to. And the freedom in that, like it's not a punishment for me not not getting high anymore or not drinking anymore or not engaging in my eating disorder anymore. That's not a punishment. That's a choice. I can choose to go back to those things. In fact, I have. I've had relapses in the past. Um, eating disorder recovery has been my longest standing recovery so far because it's the first one I started um, back in 2020. But I've had relapses in it, but I choose to go back into recovery each time. It's not that I can't go back to those things. I can. It's just I would rather not. And that mindset is insane like the more I think about it the more I kind of get excited which is why I'm actually really grateful I did this episode because like I said sometimes when I just allow myself to ramble on to my voice memos app in my phone and pretend I'm talking to all of you in real time <laughs> is um actually really helpful for me so I am proud of myself for doing this episode and I'm really grateful I did um anyway but yeah, so that's the whole science experiment of what will happen if I choose to do the healthier thing. If I choose to do the thing that is going to be hard to choose, but I don't know what will happen. Why don't I just see? Why don't I just see what will happen? I think there's a lot more freedom in that than continuing to remain in, uh, in control, not in control. You know what I mean? Um, of the maladaptive behaviors and actions, the choices that we make because we think we're in control and really they are controlling us. So do a science experiment. Ask yourself what will happen if I choose to do the opposite, the healthy thing, the authentic thing, the thing that's going to help me live more truthfully and feel more fulfilled and satisfied with my life in all aspects, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the whole shebang. Just ask yourself what would happen and allow yourself to also accept the 
truth that, yeah, you can always go back. You can always go back to the maladaptive crap. No one's going to stop you. Allow yourself to hold the weight of that truth and understand that there is a choice to be made. And yes, the choice is going to be hard. Hard is not impossible. And just see what happens. I'm interested to find out what's going to happen tomorrow when I choose recovery and sobriety like I did today. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening to me ramble on. And um, please reach out with any ideas or requests or if you would like to express interest in being on the podcast, being interviewed, if you want to tell your story, if there's a topic you really, really feel passionate about, please reach out to me. Everybody's welcome. Everybody deserves to be heard. And everybody has a seat at the table. So definitely just reach out. And yeah, thanks. And I'll see you guys next time.